The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Mick Schatz, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Nikki Spagnola. It's Friday. Yes, it is. You know, what that, <laughs> you know what that means. If it's Friday, There's the Cowboys are stamped. Heating to the Valley of the Sun. Go! Nothing to celebrate. There's a football game to get fired up for, though. There's a number of football games to get fired up for, and the most important ones at 325 on Sunday afternoon. State Farm Stadium. Is it called that still? I believe it is. Glendale, Arizona. Your Dallas Cowboys taking on the Arizona Cardinals in front of a full house of Cowboys fans. And, yes, we have a distractible player, the producer supreme, Chris Beam, who is telling us all these things that we need to include in the show, and he forgot the most important thing, which was Stampede. But we got it. Friday. We got it. Yes, we did. Way to go, producer supreme. And it better be a go team, too, by the way. <laughs> the go team. The go team better go. Yeah. And we're going to get it fixed one of these days. We've got Savannah on the show. And I hear it's going to be Monday. I think Monday. Monday. I All think right. Monday. The big open for Savannah. Very excited. Sports savvy on X. Now she, she'll know she has made it. Everson Walls is on assignment. You, we needed him today. Yes, do we, we think did. he's calling in? Of all days. He, he, he mentioned something yesterday. He mentioned he might something call about in. calling in. Or texting. He might Whoever text. he was going to be with today is a big fan of the show and would like to call in. And he actually took a picture of the phone line and the, and the text line as well, the number to call or text. And so we may be hearing from Everson. But as Mickey has alluded to already, the big story of the day is number seven, and that would be Trayvon Diggs. Probably was taking place while we were doing the show. That's right. During practice yesterday. During practice. Wow. The part of practice that nobody got to watch. They were doing one-on-one drills, and I think uh, you heard that stepped on somebody's foot. Mm Mm-hmm. And tore his ACL on the, uh, one-on-one, one-on-one drill drills. during practice. And, of course, somebody had to tweet out, well, why are they doing one-on-one drills? It's like, well, it's practice. they got to get ready for Sunday. Golly. But there will be one-on-one drills that count on Sunday. There's no – it's just it's just weird how you can suffer an injury in this game. Uh, with very little contact, you can suffer a torn Achilles stepping off the curb. Uh, and this one, as um, Mike McCarthy called it, a real gut punch mm-hmm. this morning on the on the on his radio segment. And it was really the first one. And, and I think that's why everything was going so perfectly. Uh, gosh, since the start of training camp, yeah, they had a couple guys, young guys, suffered ACLs, but it was no big injury to anybody that was already significant to this team until now. And you're sitting there, uh, 
talent. It, you it, can make the case. Uh, obviously, Micah is playing better than anyone on this team and anyone on probably any team in the league. But right. you can make the case that Trayvon Diggs was number two on that list of impactful mm-hmm. players well, early this season. Let me give you the stats. Six tackles, one forced fumble, one interception, three passes defensed, one of it leading to a interception for a touchdown. Uh, and he and he was really playing well. Almost had another uh, interception on the goal line, and he, and know, even going back to training camp. I mean, yes. we, we would rave about Micah, uh, and and Trayvon was right behind him. Right, right. Yeah, as far as making plays during absolutely. Camp. And and I almost forgot it. Wednesday was his birthday. Oh. I, I don't know if I need to say more. You know, it's just, uh, I mean, I, I think the, the whole thing for the team was heartbreaking to right. see this happen to him. I think also just who he is and how he has grown here at the Cowboys. I think he was so confident going into this season and you could even start to see that the first couple of games. And I think there was such an outpour of, you know, concern for him after yesterday and he he tweeted out you know thanking everyone for the prayers and uh, everyone was checking on him but I think you know it it really is kind of a thing here now everyone's a little yeah down today because of it for sure and um Mike McCarthy talked about it um and they can't remain down too long exactly still got to play to play a game uh and Welcome to the NFL. This stuff happens. I mean, look mm-hmm. at no one's feeling sorry for you. No one's feeling sorry for Arizona that they don't have Kyler Murray or they just have to put Buda Baker on injured reserve. So you got to go on. Um, it's not it happens easy. Happens to every team in the league, and but, you just hope it, it yeah. doesn't happen like it did to the Cowboys to a, a significant player like this. But it's going to happen to significant players all season long. Yeah, and. Uh, and I kind of liked uh, Micah's tweet that I saw, I think it was yesterday, last night. He, he said, I am my brother's keeper. I got you, Seven. No more need to be said. And I think the team's got to rally around this and realize that, uh, you know, you got to go on. The show goes on. And uh, that's why, you know, my point, my column's not up yet, but it's, it's two games into the season and already – you know, out there, we're naming Mike McCarthy the coach of the year, and the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they're the best team in the league. It's two games, and I get it. Um, you know, they haven't won two in a row to start a season, you know, too often of late. Uh, but it's two games. you got 15 to go. Um, as, as Dak Prescott would tell you, you know, it's no time to start sniffing yourself. Uh, or Bill Parcells, you know, don't let the loaf-hanging cheese, you know, get in your way. You still got to put your head down, and I don't care if you're playing an 0-2 team. This is the NFL. You can't start being complacent. So I think this is a reminder uh, that, you know, there's still a hell of a lot of work to do. 
This is why you build a roster the way you build it, to be able to offset um, injuries that occur like this. That's why I think the prudent people who make their picks at the beginning of the season, you pick teams that have the best depth in order order to make it through uh, what is Mm -hmm. a longer season than has ever been before in the last couple of years, expanding it out to 17 games. And injuries happen so often, and so now it's on others to step up in uh, Trayvon's place. And they're, they've got capable guys to, to step up. They may not have the playmaking ability that Trayvon has, but you can win football games with these guys. Well, the way it looks, and Mike McCarthy's going I mean, he talked on the radio this morning. He didn't qualify this, but in uh, his uh, conference calls at uh, 1230 here today, uh, the way it looks is Deron Bland, who's been in the slot, is going to go out to Diggs' spot at the right cornerback spot. And if everybody remembers last year, uh, when uh, Anthony Brown went down, um, it was week 13 of last year, I believe it was, um, that it was Deron Bland that went and played the cornerback spot. He played the left cornerback spot after he was working in the slot uh, in place of Jordan Lewis, and he played well. I mean, he led the team last year with five interceptions, and he got one in the season opener thanks to Diggs' hit on, I believe it was Saquon Barkley, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the ball popped up, and he catches it, returns for touchdown, and there was a note in the Cowboys' release about how his six interceptions since the start of last season is tied for the league lead at this point. So the guy can play. And he had five in eight starts last year for interceptions. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I think he's going to really step up to the plate here, and now he has that, that expectation well, going he had, forward. Well, he was too. in that position, as you point out, last year. Uh, he was in that position when Jordan Lewis went down with his Liz Frank injury. Right. It was Deron mm-hmm. Bland who had to step up in that slot position. He came through in, with flying and, colors. And we're talking a fifth-round draft choice. Mm-hmm. Right. Who was a rookie a, last year. Yeah, it was a rookie. Uh, so uh, the fact that they can put him out there and then very f- fortuitously, is that a word? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like Jordan Lewis is ready to go and take on his old job as the nickel corner. He had his ramp up of 10 snaps. Got 10 snaps, <laughs> right? On, uh, By golly, Sunday, you're ready to go. A, here you go. We didn't give Savannah a ramp up on this show. <laughs> no. Right? Uh, and then there's Noah Igbenogany. Right. Noah. Who was Which a first-round ra- draft pick of the Dolphins and four I, years ago. I don't know if you'd ago. rather say that than saying, oh, we got to play Kelvin Joseph now who definitely wasn't ready, but Igbenogany is at least an outside guy. And you could still have Eric Scott, who early in training camp stepped up and earned a spot on this team. Uh, so, But what happens is when, when you have these and you go, okay, I think I got enough depth to get through this, but it's like, okay, what happens with one more injury? Mm-hmm. Then you've depleted your depth and you got to go to people that you weren't planning on playing. Uh, but again, um, you know, you got an experienced guy to put in the slot now uh, with with Jordan Lewis and a guy that performed well last year, Deron Bland. And by the way, Bland played well enough that even though Jordan Lewis was, is going to be healthy, if this hadn't happened, Jordan Lewis was going to be the fourth corner because Bland was playing. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And there's another experienced corner who was a former Cowboys draft pick and started here for several years who was let go by the San Francisco 49ers yesterday after a after few days two, there. Two yeah. days. Yeah, he was with Pittsburgh on the practice squad. Anthony Brown we speak of. and uh, He must not be ready. Well, I don't know. It just depends on um, – it, it could be with the 49 it, it could be that. I don't know. Well, but what, what happened was— San Francisco played a game last night, and so they had to make some moves right. to, be, to play a game last night. The Steelers and, had released him off their practice squad. I thought he got poached, but he didn't. He got released off the practice squad, and then San Francisco picked him up at the beginning of the week. He was there two days, and then they decided to promote uh, Trey Swilling from their practice squad to the active— uh, roster for the game so I don't know if they saw that once Anthony got there that he hadn't recovered or if it was the with Achilles. the idea that um, we'll sign you back or what yeah, yeah. right so you you, you you never know but again like I said you know it was week 13 last year so when he got hurt and so he has not even had 10 months to recover and it's a torn Achilles so that takes some time, mm-hmm. and you know, and the you know, and the kind of the, the sad part f- for his situation was he ended up at the start of the league year being a free agent because his contract was up. So that meant uh, he wasn't allowed to be in the building, continue his rehab. Uh, so you never know exactly where he's at, but you know they'll keep their eyes open. But look, let let's end this. Uh, discussion. They're not using a first-round pick to trade for a cornerback. And anybody that's got a cornerback worth the first-round pick is probably not trading them for just a first-round pick. So this, I saw somebody on X. Maybe that's why they call it X. We should X it out. <laughs> right? Oh, let's go trade for Sauce Gardner because the Jets I don't saw that need too. him. It's like, seriously? <laughs> seriously? Oh, Lord. Um, so stop the nonsense, even if you even considered it. That's not going to happen. So you got what you got. That's why, as Bill said, you put together a 53-man roster, and you should put it together to have to withstand um, things like this. It happened early to the Cowboys, but chances are there'll be something else you have to overcome. That's just part of being in the NFL. And we're just getting started here on Mixed Shots. We're taking uh, your text, 817-290-3298. Sports Savvy, you got anything there you want to hold off to the next segment? We can hold off to the next okay, segment. We're going to see if some more trickle in here. Okay. All right. We're and just it's get- got to be good trickles in. Yes. And uh, we're going to take an up-close look at the Arizona Cardinals, too. This football game the Cowboys will play at 325 on Sunday afternoon when we come back in just a moment. They didn't cancel it. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. 
You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cool. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back, back to mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, the official roofer of the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Um... We did hear Jerry Jones this morning also yes. on the radio talking about Trayvon Diggs. You got any notes on what Jerry had to say? Uh, one of I, the things he said, it was pretty good. He said, I wish we could roll that back uh, to the beginning of the week and sit old Diggs down the whole week and not <laughs> practice him. <laughs> well, that's not the way it works. He also pointed out, um, and I think they asked him about making a trade he goes no one has the impact he has we do have depth relative to playing that position so we've talked about that um and and you know i think uh the guys in the on the fan this morning thought that you know mccarthy was going to come on and be all somber and you know and he was kind of being level and the thing he told them is uh you know the biggest thing, the most important thing for us is to continue being consistent. And that's the hardest thing in the NFL to achieve. He actually talked about we know how hard it is to win a Super Bowl, but the thing I valued the most at Green Bay is that we had eight consecutive winning seasons, which means we remain consistent. And he was talking about how the coaching staffs message to the team has to remain consistent you can't go in there and oh woe is me and have everybody feeling that way you feel that way for Trayvon Diggs but you got a job to do and you got to go so 
And we have a game on Sunday, so you've got to prepare for it. Exactly. Uh, before we uh, leave the cornerback uh, room, uh, I'll throw another name out there of a free agent. There's Casey Hayward, who has a history with uh, some of the defensive coaches, including Joe Witt. Uh, who was the cornerbacks coach for Green Bay when they drafted him 2012, which means he's 33, 34 years old, and he had a shoulder injury last year, and that's one of the reasons why he hasn't signed with anyone, or two of the reasons. One is age, the other coming off a shoulder injury. But that's another name to keep in mind that there is a history with the defensive coaches on this staff too. Yeah, and the the other thing that they've got to deal with, and I'm thinking – you know, they don't have to immediately put Diggs on injured reserve. He can be one of the seven inactives uh, on Sunday because, remember, uh, Igbenogany uh, was inactive, and so was Eric Scott. So now at least one of those guys, if not both, might have to be active on Sunday. Uh, and then the other thing you got to consider is with Biotish's hamstring, that he didn't finish and he went for an MRI, but I, I, I've been told that that was purely precautionary and that uh, even uh, Jerry thought he had a very good chance of playing on Sunday, and they're sort of counting on it. But you, you have one more elevation for Brock Hoffman to be the backup center, but if they've got concern about him or if he can't go, then you might have to sign somebody to that spot. Uh, and then the other, uh, the other possibility uh, at center is Sean Harlow, who is also on the practice squad, but you would have to elevate him. And you want to continue elevating C.G. Goodwin as your special teams guy. So to me, and he's got one more left. He's got game. one more yeah. left. So I'm thinking if they need a spot, you're going to sign him to a spot on the 53 at some point. So there's for some sure by, jiggle, for, juggling that has for to sure go by on. next week. He's, yeah, he's exactly signed to the fifty. And then the other thing you could do is with Trent Sig, the long snapper, deep snapper, long snapper. Uh, you could release him, put him on the practice squad, and elevate him three times to keep buying yourself some time <laughs> on, on, on the active game day thing. So there's some juggling acts that have to go on to uh, be able to pull this off. But it looks like Biotish is probably yes, going to be good to go. Yes, that's what it sounds like. I had two people tell me. By the, the way, uh, one of the best plays from that game the other yes. day was late first quarter where the pass was complete. From The Cowboys are backed up deep in their own end of the field at the three-yard line, 33-yard pass to Lamb. And who was it but Tyler Biotish who was trailing what the was play. What was he doing down there? He was he was <laughs> playing through the whistle, Mickey. He was he was doing as he's coached to do. How many and times I, And I talked to Mike center. McCarthy about it. We taped his coach's show before the Diggs injury yesterday. Right. And um, and he was, as you can imagine, during the team meetings, they that was profiled at the beginning and the end of the team meeting. It was showed Tyler Biotish, and this is the way you do it. This is the way you play all the way through the whistle. But the great thing about it, if you, especially if you go look at the coach's film on it, you know, Biotish falls on the football, and it looked like nobody really nobody touched, touched him. Touched him. Yeah. He gets up and starts running with the football, <laughs> and he got a ten-yard head start on everybody. But they blown the whistle. I I just wish that the whistle hadn't been blown, and we could have seen how far Tyler how far got he it. could have gotten. Great. That hamstring injury might have happened earlier. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. 
So it might be a good thing that they blew the whistle. Yeah, that was, yeah. A, that was a huge play. Yeah, that and it was. was still a contested game at no, that point. It was point a, too, a late right? first quarter. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So that's one of those plays that happens that – you, you you realize at the time that that was a big play, but you, when, once you win thirty to ten, you kind of forget that. Oh yeah, if that hadn't happened, yeah, that happened, then yeah. you know. And and yeah. and and let's talk about that importance too, because people forget he was a Pro Bowler last year. Mm-hmm. Now I know he replaced somebody. He added, was added, to but the he team. was that close to being voted on there. So uh, that's a huge and that's a huge position. It may be harder to replace your starting center than your starting cornerback. And I'm not talking about value on, you know, who's doing it, but what they have behind Biotish is not what they had behind Diggs. So that one's one that we keep an eye on. Good point. I do have a question in, if we're still talking about everything going on with Diggs. Uh, Gabriel from Austin would like to know what we think about, help me pronounce this, Mokwamu. Correct. Very good. Yes. Yes. Um, getting more playing time on the outside with Diggs being out. Um, he feels he has the size and speed. Well, he was a corner in college. The Cowboys moved him to safety. Um, he would be more, I think, an option in the slot than maybe outside. Um, yeah, I that they haven't really used him outside. The only other guy that's been outside is Nashawn Wright, but he's still on injury reserve for two more games. Um, but I, I think the way they've got it right now is is fine. It's the way to go. I'm okay. Yeah, they were they were, they were basic. They are right now basically set to replace either one of the corners that went down with a Duran mm-hmm. Bland, with a Jordan Lewis coming back, with the trade for Igbenogany, uh, with Nashawn Wright coming off injured reserve. The the question is, when I throw out an Anthony Brown or a Casey Hayward, those guys would be on down the road if they had if they needed more. Like, what if you have one more yeah, injury? Right. Like That's, second half of the season. Right. You know? That's what you're scared about. And, right. and now, how great is this trade for Stefan Gilmore? I mean, we thought it was a hell of a trade to start with. And now in lieu of this, boy, if you didn't have that experience there, um, you could be really in trouble. Well, you were going to replace – I mean, that's the Anthony Brown right. roster spot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you were going to replace him with somebody, and they're just lucky that they were able to get a guy who is playing at such a high level in Stephon Gilmore, who's a former uh, NFL Defensive Player of the Year. For what, a fifth or sixth round? Fifth draft? rounder, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So That's a steal. Okay, Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Um, Which we got a pretty good uh, uh, summary of yesterday from from, from Danny. Danny Sarek. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Um, I did a little uh, segment uh, for the coaches show with Will McClay yesterday, and he was talking about the weapons that they have on offense. James Conner, right. veteran guy who, of course, was drafted by Pittsburgh. Interesting thing, he was a third-round pick of the Steelers in 2017. Joshua Dobbs, who's now the starting quarterback for the Cardinals, was also in that same draft class, the fourth-round pick of the Cardinals in 2017. Same pick in the draft, 135, that Dak was the previous year. That's amazing. Both coming out of an SEC school, and both were successful in, in the SEC. Um, Joshua Dobbs led Tennessee to two straight nine and four seasons, bowl wins uh, with the Volunteers. He just hasn't had an opportunity. He was a backup in Pittsburgh, uh, his first contract. And then, of course, we saw him Christmas time last year, December 29th, eight days after being signed 
uh, by the Titans. He starts against the Cowboys. The The link with Arizona for the quarterback, Joshua Dobbs, is the offensive coordinator, Drew Petzing, who was with Cleveland last year. And uh, Dobbs last season was with Cleveland throughout the year uh, until Deshaun Watson came back from his suspension. Then he was released, uh, signed with Detroit, their practice squad, and then Tennessee poached him off the, the practice squad when Tannehill got hurt late in the year last year. And then he started against the Cowboys and, like he had only been there a week, I think. Uh, right. And he ended up 20 of 39 for 232 yards a touchdown and an interception in the Cowboys' uh, 27-13 win. I mean, going back and just looking at the Giants game, I mean, he's got a strong arm. Uh, he's a very smart player. Um, and you can see that that offense is built for Kyler Murray, but it's you know he was in the same type of offense last year with Drew Petzing as the uh, offensive coordinator in, or the quarterback's coach in Cleveland. Uh which they had for Deshaun Watson there. And so it was only natural that the Cardinals uh, were able to work the trade, and they gave up a fifth-rounder late in training camp to uh, get Dobbs, and that's why they released Colt McCoy. But uh, receivers, Marquise Brown, I think, is playing maybe the best that he's played right. in his NFL career. Uh, just looking at what he's done the first couple of games this year, six catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown last week against the Giants. Rondell Moore. Uh, who is a 4-3 playmaker, uh, was a second-round draft pick two years ago out of Purdue, and a guy that that has started the first two games at wide receiver for them, who I really liked in the draft, uh, Michael Wilson out of Stanford. This was funny yesterday um, when Will did his Telestrator segment for the coaches show. He did a little something on – uh, number six, James Conner, and number two, Marquise Brown, and number four, Rondell Moore. And we got done with it. And I said, you know what? I really like this wide receiver, number 14. He said, yeah, we did too. We, we liked him coming out in the draft. And I said, you know who he reminds me of? And at the same time, we said, Miles. Miles Austin. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it, it's an uncanny. Michael Wilson, he was a third-round pick of the Cardinals, uh, he is 6'2", 213 pounds, which is basically what Miles was. Runs a 4'5", that's what Miles ran. Uh, the You look at his measurables at the combine, it's almost identical to Miles Austin. And uh, he also wears number 14, which is the same number that Miles Austin wore his rookie year with the Cowboys. Did you ever tell you my Miles Austin story, rookie year, no. training camp? He's an undrafted free agent, okay. right? Out of Monmouth. Monmouth College. And he's from New Jersey. So I'm over there by the uh, where the uh, locker room is. And Miles comes. I'm talking with Bill Parcells. And Miles comes walking up unexpectedly, right, from his standpoint. And Parcells looks at him. We, we probably only have been in training camp maybe a week, a week and a half at the most. And he looks at Miles and he goes, Miles, are you such and such smart? And Miles looks at him and he goes, well, yeah, coach. He goes, what you get on your SAT? I don't know what number he threw out. And he goes, all right, well, I'm just wondering. And he goes, do you ever eat at such and such place in New Jersey? Because it was in Parcell's neighborhood, right? Oh, wow. Jersey, yes. And, 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 Parcell, and Miles, he's very quiet at that time, and he probably still was kind of shy. And he's like, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, oh, yeah, well, I ate there, too. It's good stuff. Huh? <laughs> yeah, coach. But he said, are you smart? <laughs> wow. 
that's Parcell's way of intimidating somebody and see if they can handle it. And and Miles Austin handled it. Yes. Uh, Offensive line. By the way, don't leave the don't leave the yet. Uh, I noticed that uh, Jeff Swain is on their yeah tight end former Cowboy tight end from 2015 to 2018. They have uh, he's like their third tight end. Yeah, I know. And uh, Zach Ertz. The veteran who used to be with the Eagles, uh, and Trey McBride, another guy the Cowboys liked in the draft yes. last year out of Colorado State. Uh, those are the two uh, primary tight ends. Um, and they, you know, and Swain had to play behind Witten, but he's got in uh, eighty-eight games in his career. Yeah, I mean, hundred career. What was it? Two thousand fifteen. Wow. He yeah, was uh, seventh round pick, and the Cowboys traded a se- the future seventh rounder to get him, to get him in, yes. the, in the seventh round. Yeah, they liked him. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe it's been that long, eight years ago, since he was a Cowboys seventh round draft pick. He's put together a nice career out of the University of Texas. Uh, Arizona also has two first round draft picks at the uh, offensive tackle positions, including the veteran D.J. Humphreys on the left side and uh, rookie Paris Johnson from Ohio State, sixth pick in the draft on, at right tackle. I think the Giants could use him. Well, I mean, you, you look at last night's did game. Did you watch that stuff? Well, and they were down two offensive linemen and their running back. Right. And uh, I watched some of it. Yeah. It's not enough offensive linemen to go around in this league. Mm-hmm. By the way, going to be two four and O teams playing against each other here in week five. <laughs> wow. Don't Can't get ahead of yourself, Bill. One game at a and what's, time. What's standing in front of Arizona, in front of San Francisco to before the Cowboy game? They play Arizona next week. Oh, do they really? Yes, that's right. <laughs> and, so, the, and the Cowboys have Arizona, Arizona and then New England. New England, right? Okay. So, yes, we won't get ahead of ourselves. Yes. Anyway, uh, that's sort of a look at the Cardinals on offense, and so you're they the got out twenty-eight-seven on the Giants in the third quarter the other day. You're the people I'm writing my column for. The ones a, that are getting, getting ahead, ahead of ourselves. Although I have a lot more respect for Arizona, as you will find when I make my pick later yes. in the show. And let me just say this. At the beginning of the week, I made the comment that uh, the Cowboys were going to avenge a Monday night football loss to the Cardinals, which was then the St. Louis Cardinals from the 70s. Oh. <laughs> that was that was the, one of the worst football games I've ever seen. I went with my my dad took me to the game. Cowboys lost 38 to nothing to the St. Louis Cardinals and I was bound and determined at the beginning of the week that my prediction is going to be 38 to nothing. Cowboys turn the tables, you but did. it's going to be much closer. You're than backing that. off on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm backing off on that after watching the Cardinals. <laughs> This week, I wish Everson was here to remind him, and I want to make sure it was 1985. They went to St. Louis. That was the year they were staying at the old train station, and there was it turned it into like a shopping mall type thing. Mm -hmm. And the players went into this haberdashery and bought those gangster hats. Oh, yeah, remember that? And they wore them to the game. Thurman's Thieves. Thurman's Thieves. And they went up there, and St. Louis beat them 21 to 10. And I think Randy White, after the game, said something. It was something like, "Yeah, we ought to worry about playing football than buying hats or something," because they did interviews before the game yeah, at one I of the TV it, stations. I think it was Vern. I think I think it was. I think it, would, it may have been earlier than that. Now, 81 or so. No, this was, was the definitely 85. 85. Okay. Yeah, and I think they did it with Hanson. Oh, okay. By the way. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Anything else on the text line? Honestly, no. There's not a lot of texts coming in today. Cowboys Nation is stunned. They're I think they're there. they're a little yeah. shocked still. We're, they're in, we're they're still in, in shock. They're in mourning. Yeah, that's all Correct. right. We got enough to talk about. All right, and we will talk more and make our picks to click when we come back on Mix Shots. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese-to-sour-cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. (sighs) Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Back back to mixed shots. Mark your calendars and get your lead horse in and steins ready. Frisco Oktoberfest officially returns for the fourth annual celebration on Saturday, October 7th at the Star in Frisco featuring Bavarian-inspired activities, delicious food and drink, and plenty of great live entertainment. Visit thestardistrict.com slash events for more info. Lead horsen? Letter hosen. Letter hosen. Hosen. Is that a, like a mug? I'm going to find out. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad she had to do it and it wasn't me. Uh-huh. I would have butchered it. All right. Uh, we've got seven minutes left of mix shots for this week. And uh, the thing that concerns you the most about the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, if they get their running going. If, if James Conner. He had 106 yards against the Giants. Is able to get off running. That'll make Joshua Dobbs much more. 
uh, dangerous because he can run a little bit too, and you know he can throw the ball. Um, so yeah, that that's that's my concern. And then you're going to have to, you know, the other thing we didn't point out about compensating for. Diggs's absence is if this front continues playing the way they are defensively, that lessens the um, the pressure on your cornerbacks. By the way, so they might have to do things to put more pressure on opposing quarterbacks. But you can't do that until you stop the run. All right, I'm going to. I don't have time to look this up right now, off the top of your head. But I'll try to tweet it out after I do my research on it. When was the last time the Cowboys won three straight games? By, oh, I know. By 20 or more points. Oh, by 20 or more. I thought just three straight no, games. No, three straight games by 20 or more points. Point being, the the longer you win in this league, the closer you are to losing. And, and the right. longer that you have blowout wins in this league, the closer you are to playing a close winning game. But you know the last time they won three straight, do, do you? I bet you do. Night, 2000. In eight, <laughs> I was going to say, it better not be yeah, nine. nineteen. Yeah, two thousand eight. They started the season. Oh, you, off. at the start of the season. At the start of the yeah, season, not that three they straight. won three yeah. straight games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the start, the start of, the, start of season, the season, three straight games. They won at Cleveland, beat Philadelphia at home, forty-one thirty-seven, and then how about this? One at Green Bay. No, yeah, one at Green Bay, twenty-seven sixteen. That was the Tony Romo game going back to Wisconsin mm. and, and beat the Packers. Um, and Mike then McCarthy and the Packers. And then at some point he got hurt. Remember that season? And they finished 9-7 and seven and mm. can only go 1-2 and two without him with Tikitna? Oh, the back no, no, no the backup a, quarterback was Johnson. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Couldn't throw okay, the ball straight. Time to make our picks here. Okay. Time to make our picks. Well, so. I think we ought to let Savannah be the leadoff. Okay, here. Savannah. I'm going first. You're Thanks, guys. Go first. You got to pick to click in the game okay. first. You. Unpopular opinion here. I think my click to pick, Peyton Hendershot. Okay. All right. No. I think no. it's his time. He hasn't. You know. Mm-hmm. I think the last game there were some questions around him whether, you know, he can make some of those catches down in the end zone for us, and I think I think he's going to make a couple this week. Okay. All right. And I think the final score, 24-14 Cowboys. 24-14 Cowboys. Okay, we also had a... Quite reasonable. We also had a pod pick, and we'll save the pod pick. We'll go around the horn again on the pod pick here in a second, uh, which was who will score the first non-offensive touchdown for this team. So think about that, meaning either on special teams or a defensive touchdown which Micah almost had, if not being grazed by Tomlinson the other day. Yeah, you, you should at least have to, like, touch the guy, not yeah. bump into him. Yeah. All right. All right, he's down. <laughs> All right, so Mickey. I'm next. Pick to click. Pick to click is going to be, because he's going to get many opportunities, Duran Bland. Oh, right. I love it. Love it. Great. And I've got. The Cowboys given up more points in a single game than they have this year. But they beat Arizona despite that, 31-13. 31-13. 31-13. They've given up zero, and they've given up 10. So, so they're going to give up more 13. points in one game than they have in the first two. Okay, 31-13. Um, can I... 
CD's not off the board, right? No. Okay, I'm going CD. CD. In his matchup against his former college teammate, Hollywood Brown. Not that they match up against each other, but he's right. a wide receiver for the Cardinals. And I think... Uh, That's a lot of Oklahoma stuff there, huh? I Yeah, it is. I, but I like, uh, I like CD to have another big game. And um, instead of 38 to nothing, <laughs> I'll go, uh, let's go 30 to 16 is our final score. 30, All to, right. 30 16. to 16. Cowboys win over the Cardinals. Two, eight, Come two, home to face New England. Two eight-point touchdowns. Okay. All right. Now, the pod pick for this week. Okay. Who scores the Cowboys' first non-offensive Touchdown! Who wants to go first? And are we talking about in the game or the season? In, oh, okay. Okay. In the game. So are we saying we're going? The Cowboys are going to score multiple non-offensive touchdowns. I'm okay who who with scores this. the first? <laughs> Boy, if you guys got a thought, go. I'm kind of searching here. Stephon Gilmore is mine. Okay, oh, yeah, Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. I, I like think, it. I think he's ready to go. I think it's going to be Sunday. Well, we can pick Micah. Yeah, it's not a cop out. That's to not pick part, Micah. That's I'm, just part of our. Deal. I'm picking Micah. Wow, Micah scores the first non-offensive so touchdown. What I was going to do, but well, you uh, had your opportunity. And yeah, you I let you. I let you go. Ah, first non. Turpin's too easy, right? That, that should I be thought off. Parsons was too easy. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, okay. I got a good one. Okay. Demarcus Lawrence. Okay. Ooh. Fumble recovery for a touchdown. All right. Scoop and scoot. Scoop and score. Okay. Very good. All right. What are you doing leading up to game time on, or what do you got this weekend? Saturday, uh, Star Sports Tour reception. Uh, at the Cowboys Team Hotel um, for the people that are on their tour. So there'll be a player or two that uh, is part of that. They uh, sign autographs, and I sign autographs too, (laughs) if anybody asks. (laughs) And I would imagine we'll, we'll talk amongst ourselves about the loss of Trayvon Diggs. And uh, what will be uh, in the stands there at State Farm Stadium, how much blue will there be in the stands? There'll be what percentage? Quite a bit. What percentage? Quite a bit. I would say 35 to 40%. It's big. Yep. I like it. Yep. And and I need to under, make people understand. I heard him talking about this on the radio about why there'll be so many Cowboy fans there. And, you know, they were talking about, well, there's so many people that, uh, f- and I don't know why they said it, but, they, you know, they, the Cowboy fans move there or whatever. No, they were raised there because back in the day when Tex Schramm started the Dallas Cowboys radio network and there were no teams in that area whatsoever uh, that were in the NFL, he put radio stations on the Cowboys network in Tucson and Phoenix, Arizona. And so these people, they're able to touch the Cowboys was on the radio, sort of like what the Cubs did on WGN nationwide. See, Savannah, this was back when people listened to the radio. (laughs) 
Oh, come on now. Right? <laughs> and so and so the Cowboys developed a fan base there. And by the way, when we were doing our bus tour on the way to training camp, we stopped in Tucson and Phoenix, and there were huge Cowboy fan clubs that showed up for our stop. That's great. So these I love people, that. They live there. They actually live there. They're not people that just move there, by the way. So there. I'm not a radio listener anymore. I'm a podcast listener. Podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but how but how do you listen to the Rangers? On an app. You got I listen. <laughs> not on my radio. Well, I guess it's on the app, yeah. <laughs> but it's the radio broadcast. But I'm still using an app to do it to call it up. So actually I can turn it on my uh the the TV sound connection. Oh wow! The how rece- about that? The receiver. <laughs> the receiver. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. wondered how in the world he watched the game on Amazon last night. The way he described that. I did. <laughs> oh yeah. I watched oh, yeah. it. All right, we're out of time uh, for another week of mixed shots. Everson will be back on Monday, and um, we'll see you on a victory Monday. And someone's got to say, "Go Cowboys!" I think Savannah's got it. Go Cowboys. There you go. That's the way Everson <laughs> This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?